What's up, everybody? Hello, hello. Welcome back to Space Talk. Happy Friday, February 18th. I hope you're all doing well. Um, my name is Athena Brunsberger, your host of Space Talk. Some of you might know me as Astro Athens. And we have a very special guest today. I am so excited for this interview because her and I have been talking for a while now about getting together and making some content or going live because she is doing some really, really awesome stuff, especially in the area of the intersection of art and science. So I cannot wait to um, get into today's interview. So I'm going to go ahead and read her bio and then she's going to hop on and say hello and then we'll start the interview. Her name is Cheyenne Smith, and she has always had an interest in art and a love for science and believes that both play a significant part in understanding the universe and the world around us. Cheyenne holds a BA in communications and is working toward a degree in astronomy. Her love for the cosmos has led her to serve as a solar system ambassador for NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory and chapter coordinator for Science Heads which is a nonprofit located in Orange County, California. In both volunteer positions, Cheyenne aims to encourage and address minorities in the field of astronomy. To help expand on these efforts, she has been working to build a mobile observatory to be featured in neighborhoods locally to share steam through astronomy. Cheyenne is an earthing, an earthling who loves Paris, faux fur, tea, and picnics. Such an incredible bio. And so without further ado, please help me welcome Cheyenne Smith. Hello, Cheyenne. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Athena. Oh, and so Space Talk listeners. Um, yeah, so, I'm so, so excited, excited you're here. here. <laughs> oh my God, me too, me too. Oh, I'm so, so excited that you're here. Um, I hope you're having a wonderful day, by the way, so far, and that you have clear skies over by you. Yes, I actually do. Uh, very clear and uh, actually pretty chilly, but it's beautiful outside. I actually need to get out there and uh, get some vitamin D. But yeah, I'm so excited to actually be able to chat with you with my actual vocals. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely with your vocals, you were saying as in like with me, I just sound absolutely crazy right now. <laughs> For anyone who's wondering, I am recovering from laryngitis. And so please do pardon the voice. Um, but thankfully, we're going to be hearing more from Cheyenne today instead of me. Um, so let's start off with the first question, which I have is, when did your love for space first start? Um, I, I love this question. Um. I feel like it changes all the time because I was so young when I first fell in love with astronomy and space. But my earliest memory or memories I have starting elementary school, I was obsessed with like alien abductions, crop circles, and Albert Einstein. Um, I remember. I love reading, that. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading literally every book in my elementary school library about alien abductions and Albert Einstein. Um, As one would. <laughs> I remember, because uh, I, I was wanting to be like him. But in addition to that, I would also say that my dad, he had a big part in, like, feeding my curiosity. Because we would have some deep combos about energy and how life began on Earth. Um, I remember my dad would always mention in our combos, like, you know, baby, no one knows the origin of humans. And <laughs> that yeah. stuck with me. Then I remember being like gifted um, 
some sort of like encyclopedia and it had the Hubble deep field image of the thousands and thousands of galaxies. Yes. And I remember the, the caption saying every dot is a galaxy. And it was then I was like, oh yeah, it only makes sense for other life to be out there. Um, I remember talking about it so much that other kids started to read the same books as me. Um, Cause I'm the type of person who gets super passionate about something and I can't stop talking about it. But from there, I just kept wondering about these possible life forms out there and wanted to know what to do, um, what do they know or um, what do they believe in or uh, how is their civilization or society set up? There were so many questions I had that would constantly run through my mind. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was also very much interested in archaeology growing up, and I did do a stint in grad school in archaeoastronomy in an archaeoastronomy program. Um, but I very soon realized I needed something less anthropology based and something more uh, planetary science and astronomy heavy. That's so so awesome, and your dad sounds so wise and incredible. Uh, he must have been <laughs> such a huge inspiration for you. Was he also in the field of science? No, he wasn't. That's the funny part. No, he wasn't at all. My dad didn't. Uh, I'm the first gen college student, so uh, yeah he 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 was just curious, just a curious person, just yeah. just like me. So he's, I love yeah, that. I'm a dad's. I'm a dad girl. <laughs> yeah, I always say that too. Yeah, me and my dad, we always, I grew up talking about aliens a lot with him as well, which is so, <laughs> so funny. He was really into science fiction. Um, and I would say that I guess I was a first generation college student too, except my brother is older than me and he went to college before I did. So I don't know if that really qualifies. <laughs> it counts towards me because he, he got to it first. But um, yeah, really, really cool. He's probably so proud of you. That's That's so incredible. So since childhood, um, how has your, I would say, like path in life kind of grown? Like, has it sort of stayed along the same line of your, your level of interest? Or has it maybe evolved and changed, like, as you started to maybe evolve and change too and start to grow up a little bit? Um, this is a great question because my path, uh, it was a little complicated as I feel like um, I subconsciously gave into the stereotypes of what an astronomer looks like while I was in college. Uh, I didn't see any women or people of color in the physics and astronomy college at the university I attended. It was like, you know, I was subconsciously, I had sub subconsciously stopped myself from pursuing it at the time because I was under the impression, oh, you know, black people don't do this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But the math classes were, of course, intimidating to me, but that was just me glancing at the degree sheet before I even got a chance to take the math classes. And I remember um, talking to an advisor and them not being so encouraging for me to pursue a heavy math major. And I basically listened because I honestly didn't know what I was doing in college as far as, you know, navigating the ins and outs, you know. Mm -hmm. So I took, so basically I took the first piece of advice um, from that advisor. Um, so then that, uh, so then I just started to explore like other interests of mine, which was fashion. Yes. Was, yeah. <laughs> That's something me and you have in common too. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, go for it. Go for it. Sorry. Oh no. I was just saying like, so at one point, um, I did want it to pursue like fashion PR. I even moved to Paris for a little bit thinking that would be a good place to network. And plus I wanted to live there. 
But every time I would apply for a job or an internship or do outreach, you know, for such positions or just to network, I wasn't feeling it wholeheartedly. Um, although I love style and clothes, you know, my heart wasn't in it. I constantly felt like this void. And as a person who, you know, tries her best to practice sustainability in her daily life, the fashion world just kept feeling less and less of something I wanted to pursue. Plus many other reasons, but um, also those opportunities weren't happening for me anyway. It was difficult for me to obtain a position. But on the other hand, you know, I would go to these star parties. People were happy I was there and I was happy and I felt more of a purpose i've also gotten more opportunities quicker in stem than in fashion wow yeah yeah but uh, i I think that's something so incredible to say about i think how welcoming the science community is like i think every time i've met someone in the science community it's like they just want to connect everyone to each other um and it's not always the case i think in like fashion it's like Mm -hmm. just i know that there's competition in like all fields like it'll just happen because that's just i guess like human nature we we can get competitive with each other we can you know get jealous if someone gets maybe a grant someone else doesn't get um but i noticed that like in science i think there's so much more of this greater ideal of a mission rather than the ego more like it's my project it's more like it's our human project uh so i i love that you've gotten more opportunities coming coming your way Um, yeah yeah that's been my experience and yeah i I, so I don't know if you noticed, but um, I'm a sporadic poster. <laughs> and like, I, and that's yeah. because I have like a love and hate relationship with social media. But um, yeah, well, I actually don't we all. It. <laughs> 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 I but I intentionally got back on social media and started posting more consistently because I needed to fill that void. I wanted to, I wanted to talk space with other people because and so many I found myself in social conversations feeling like I was alone and talking to myself. And so I started getting more and more on social media because I wanted to intentionally find that community. And I have never felt so welcomed, like with the people that I follow and that follow me. It just, yeah, it's, it's been very open and welcoming. But it's so um, awesome. Yeah. But even though like I ended up pursuing communications, which is still an important part of science, I always stayed active in the astro community and read a lot about it, of course. And really, it really didn't occur to me until after I graduated that, oh, black people do do astronomy. Because <laughs> I remember yeah. watching episodes of how the universe works in exploration space and seeing women and women of color in this field. And I was so hyped and inspired that uh, it made me want to go back to school because now I know who I am and what I want. And what I've always wanted and I refuse, you know, I refuse to let anyone tell me otherwise. Now, you know, you can't tell me that I'm not going to be an astronomer. So all that to yeah. say, I've always had and kept this interest in space. <laughs> I, I love that. And, and it's so important what you were saying too, about just like, once you've started to almost like sort of like seek out connections through social media and you start to find mm-hmm. other people with like other stories. And before I think this, this sort of era of social media, like a lot of like our generation grew up sort of just seeing what we could on TV and reading what we could in magazines. And that's right. very intentionally controlled by 
you know, the, the owners of whatever the television network is or whatever the magazine or newspaper is, and they will basically kind of paint the image they want. And not exactly. that there, it isn't true because a lot of it is like, these are real people, these are real stories. They will choose whether they want to include or disclude certain people for different reasons, such as like people of color, such as women. And, and it, I think that what's so exceptional and extraordinary is this era of social media has now allowed for like that middleman to be gone. And now yeah. people are able to like sort of see, oh, wow, like, you know, like, for instance, I take example, Emily Calandrelli, like, you know, season 12 of Exploration Out of Space and like work on a new Netflix show and like, mm -hmm. you know, filming it while she's pregnant. And like, you know, and that's something I think really cool because I had never seen a woman pregnant filming a show exactly. I mean, and I didn't realize that like it never occurred to me I was like oh my gosh this is something I like truly did not see and I didn't even think it was possible I thought I'd be bed bound until I then met like a, a bodybuilder who was pregnant and was like still like bench pressing you know I don't know like 50 pounds maybe more I don't even really know because I don't remember how what, what her fitness regime was but the point is, it's until you start to see this, you don't start to believe it. And exactly. that's why representation is so important. So I wanted to kind of get into that a little bit. Um, I'm going to skip a question here and we'll get back to it. Because um, uh, I want to jump into why you say it's, you think it's important to take the initiative to address and inspire minority groups in the field of astronomy. And you could connect that to your being a solar system ambassador for NASA, JPL, um, if you'd like, otherwise we can get that, to that one later. Yeah, no, uh, um, it's, it's what you basically just said. Like, you know, you know, they say it's hard to see, it's hard to be what you can't see. Right. A great yeah. example is my story in academia. Um, I've mentioned this in my post before, but in hindsight, I realized how much the lack of representation had influenced my academic career. Therefore making minority groups aware that, yes, this is a place for you to be and pursue and making that more welcoming and open, I feel it will greatly benefit and advance in fields. Um, for instance, um, I've done research on indigenous sciences and participation in contemporary uh, Western sciences. And there's so much, you know, historically that Western science has uh, tends to dismiss when it comes to indigenous science. And, you know, that's a problem. Because uh, for millennia, indigenous science has encapsulated uh, environmental phenomena and the engineering of nature. Um, and such a perspective can provide vital insight and be, you know, behooving to modern uh, scientific methods when analyzing and approaching global issues. So, um, yeah, that's... <laughs> Uh, I guess that's something what I can truly appreciate about the field of archaeoastronomy when I was studying it, because if done right, then we can increase minorities in the field of science everywhere and give recognition to indigenous scientists for their contributions to science. Plus, I mean, <laughs> that's just not how the world is, right? The world yeah. is rich with diverse life forms that play crucial roles and how the world and its ecosystems stay balanced. It's not just one species breathing life into, you know, Earth's atmosphere and contributing, <laughs> yeah, and contributing yeah. to its cycles. It's it's the diversity of life that makes the world what it is, and everything is interconnected. So, yeah, that's why I think it's uh, it's important. <laughs> and like, and I bet there was so much known from indigenous science that probably came 
generations later by other, you know, kinds of science, European science, for instance, like, you know, that why are we not turning to all, all types of conductive science and research yeah. that have happened for maybe generations way before we even like modern day, you know, Americans here got to it. And so it's like, if, if we're just disregarding because of, you know, whatever, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Just How like notions. Yeah. Like, that's what I found like in my research is that it, Western science was tending to, they dismissed indigenous sciences a lot because how it was delivered in like oratories and they were like um, dismissing it as mythologies. And it's not, it's like generations of records and observations that, you know, were essentially just swept under the rug and burned. They had a big book burning in the Mayan civilization and that just really oh my gosh heard the civilization yeah um torn like tore ripped through uh their culture because everything is they connect so much to what they observed in the natural world to their world views which is a religion culture and all that um so when you take something away so significant then yeah <laughs> there's there's going to be historical <laughs> issues come with that <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah. And if like, we're going to be trying to communicate with, you know, possibly another civilization on another planet, who's to say they communicate linguistic and linguistically like we do. Um, and it's like, it's, it's, the, the, if we can just sort of turn to all, not just the other like races of human on earth, but also the like species here on earth as well and start to communicate in different ways and not just dismiss things because of the way that maybe it was communicated mm -hmm. and instead start to learn it. Otherwise, what's the point in, um, yeah, what's the point in really expanding what our brain is capable of doing? Uh, exactly. And like, that's why we have so many languages, which is so wonderful and so beautiful about our species is that we can speak so many different languages. I was joking about it earlier about my cat just says meow. And like, <laughs> she could maybe say meow and like lengthen it. But it's like one very limited vocal range. And we have so many different, like, like colorful vocal ranges and just yeah, ways ways of expressing that, communicating that, and so um, thank you for sharing that. I I, I I didn't even know about that, um, and that's something that I think should definitely be shared, probably a lot more often. Um, so to kind of jump into what uh, what what exactly is a solar system ambassador for NASA JPL, and then what did you start to do with them, and when did that begin? Oh yeah, so I applied to be. Um, an ambassador in 2018 and I started officially in 2019 up until now so I'm still active um, so basically the solar system ambassador program is a volunteer uh, effort to help spread um, up-to-date news about NASA's missions and other formal slash like informal educational opportunities that NASA provides um, and also activities or just to be a STEM uh, ambassador in general for them. Um, I think this position is kind of formulated from person to person because each person does their own thing essentially. But um, yeah, that's basically what, what it is. And it's provided me a great foundation, you know, because pretty much anything with the, um, you know, uh, a NASA uh, name tag to it is, is oh, yeah. great legitimate <laughs> legitimacy that, you know, you've, You've done something to uh, to earn this, you know, position. 
I'm on the website right now. I wanted to like look it up to see if, yeah. you know, just some, some details about it. And I just want to share with you some numbers they have up on the top in case you weren't aware of it, uh, which yeah. you might be. But for one, there's only 1,159 ambassadors. So like, that's not a lot for like, that's definitely, I think if they're, yeah, I mean, if, if it's a volunteer program, I can only imagine how many applications they get. Oh, yeah. um, so I think that's, that's really cool. Um, and they've reached 11. Yeah. So I, there's a bunch of other numbers, but I'll just, I'll just round up, but 11 million people through all of their events. Yeah. That's 11 million people of like sharing like you're just your personal connection and love to space exploration and NASA. Mm -hmm. And that, that's so huge. That's so incredible. Um, what's been like your favorite thing about it? it? Exactly that being able just to, um, share like my passion and my, um, love for astronomy. Like, like I said, I was at that, in that moment when I applied, I was in dire need of wanting to talk about space and astronomy more, um, <laughs> yeah. and I just didn't have that community here in Tulsa. And so I had to like build it and I had to go search for it. And that's what I did. <laughs> I like, I, so I just started looking for opportunities like with SETI. I'm like, how can I get involved with SETI? How can I get involved with NASA? Uh, this yeah. breakthrough listen project, like how can I get involved without, you know, cause at the time I wasn't a student. Uh, and you know, it's, it's more, you know, a lot of programs are geared, geared more towards students. Uh, but you know, this, so this was kind of like my segue into, you know, uh, still being able to feed, you know, my, my need to talk about space and build a community. <laughs> I love that. You know, I had a very similar thing. I think it was it's a very similar path. Um, I think it was like 2014, 2015, and um, I was modeling and really, really wanted to get back into into something with astronomy and science. And so I became a volunteer at the Intrepid Museum in New York, where they have the Space Shuttle Enterprise. And I started volunteering this way. I could just talk about space. I mean, everything you're saying is exactly. I mean, that's why. That's why it's so important to like learn about all these. There's so many programs out there that you can yeah. connect to. And so I love that you should, because I didn't know about this being a solar system ambassador for NASA. And like anyone listening, if you like want to get involved and like, maybe you want to do something outside of what you're doing in school, or maybe you're not in school, but you want to still like be like somehow involved with what's going on in the community and space exploration, like go to the solar systems website. It's um, solarsystem.nasa.gov. And they and they have all the details there as far as becoming a solar system ambassador, because um, that's that's so awesome. And I think that that played such an important role for like in my life, just to connect to people and also mm -hmm. like learn how to talk to like about like using like certain words. Like I also was using it to sort of test out if I want to go into science communication. So did you end up meeting um, like a lot of people through it? Were they a lot of in-person events or more so like digital virtual stuff? So uh, it, it's very much so like self-driven in a way. You do have a, a criteria that you have to uh, meet. You kind of go through, um, what is it? What is it called when um, they you only do so much the first year? Uh, I'm going to call it a trial year. Um, Basically, you go through like a trial year. That makes year. sense, a trial year, yeah. Yeah. You That's what I would call it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you basically go through like this trial year 
and then um, to see if you can, you know, withhold your, you know, your responsibilities that they give you. And then um, you, uh, you can you start doing, you can do your own events and uh, yeah, it's pretty much self-driven. And I've done like, my favorite part has been, of course, throwing the star parties, <laughs> getting yeah. basically caravanning people out to the local observatory and like giving a presentation on constellation tours and stuff like that and meeting people and just them telling me like, Oh, I didn't know that I was that interested in this. I didn't know that this existed and I didn't know that I was that interested in astronomy or like space in general or the stars. Um, And so, yeah, that's been my favorite part is just to see people's reactions and also just talking about space. Like (laughs) that's what I wanted. I would have loved to see one of your presentations. Are you still doing it? I haven't done it. Um, I haven't done an in-person presentation since the pandemic, but I've been doing a lot of virtual uh, outreach with like Girl Scouts and elementary schools and middle schools. Um, I've done like star parties uh, with science heads through science heads with uh, these elementary schools and um, middle schools. And we like uh, you've heard of SLU, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have. Yeah. So basically we, you know, um, the Girl Scouts, they would be earning their space science badges and like I'll read them some constellation stories and I'll go over the constellations with them. And then we'll have like a constellation star party. Um, and yeah, I probably do that about three times out of the year um, when they when they come around, when it comes to that time for them to uh, get their badges. But yeah, that's been my favorite part. That is so awesome. I know at the end, I'll ask you to sort of like, like share anywhere where people could get connected to you, but like in case anyone's listening and wants to connect to you for like one of those events, um, we'll make sure to to mention that also, um, at the end, because I think that'd be really cool. Um, so you mentioned SETI, um, and I'm wondering since you're, we'll get to the, the mobile observatory in a little bit, but, um, the so I have a digital telescope called Unistellar. It's the brand, and it's the Equinox Telescope. And yes, they're partnered. That's like you know about it. Telescope. <laughs> oh my god! So they're partner with the SETI Institute um, yeah. to do like backyard citizen science. Um, and so when you mentioned somehow getting partner with SETI, they have I think quite a few programs where like if you want to start recording your own data on exoplanets um, with your own telescope, you should be able to do that. I have like limited information because I have like the the one that's meant that's like tied together with Unistellar. Uh-huh. But if um, you ever wanted to do it, like I'll I'll send you the info because I think that would be really cool because I think SETI is definitely something I really want to work with in the future as well. Yes. Um, and then the other thing I want to mention was if you haven't applied to NASA socials, you have got to. Um, have you seen a rocket launch in person yet? I have not seen one oh. in person yet. I do you I, know about NASA socials? I've heard about I heard about it. I think I was part of one okay. uh, NASA social, but it was virtual because it was like 2020. Um, yeah, and I was like confused <laughs> because it was virtual. Like I think it 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 seemed like it was way more than you know a lot of logistics that went that goes into the in person than in virtual. Everyone was just trying to figure things out at that point. <laughs> so, right. Okay. Um, but right. yeah, I need to, yeah, I need to get way more involved in that. Um, 
Well, hopefully, I think they now have it where um, I'll, I'll, I'll double check and send it to you and anyone else listening here, yeah. too. I can um, I'll definitely double check it and send it. If anyone wants to send a DM, let me know. Um, but they they have it on their website. You can check it out. But anytime they have launches, they'll usually take applications for people to apply to nice. um, basically spend like a day touring all of the Space Center, whether it's Kennedy Space Center or Vandenberg or sometimes even Houston. Um, and then if it's aligned with a launch, you get to see that too in person. So that would be really cool. Hopefully they're doing it again, maybe because of COVID they're still doing virtual, but, um, but we'll check on that. But to, to jump into the thing I'm most excited about, unless you had anything else you wanted to share about that, but I really want to get into this mobile observatory. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so where did the mobile observatory idea first begin and what is it? Okay, so, well, I've always wanted an at-home observatory. (laughs) Yes. Then I started um, going to, you know, these local star parties, and I saw that there was a lack of diversity at those star parties. And I would say it was partially due to location and accessibility and just overall visibility of it. So I started contemplating ways I can start throwing star parties and taking people to our local observatory. Then that kind of evolved into um, what would it look like for me to take astronomy to others and meet them where they're at? Um, Because I've seen mobile planetariums before and mobile science centers. So that started getting my gears turning a bit about building a mobile observatory. I started looking around and uh, seeing if someone had built one before so I can start getting some ideas because, as you know, there's a lot of intricacies and fundamentals of an observatory and telescopes in general that need to be considered. And uh, I actually ended up finding several people that built a mobile observatory and each was uh, constructed very differently. But I came across one that was closer to what I was envisioning, and it was the Explorer One at Science Heads. So I reached out asking um, if they could give me some pointers, and that turned into blueprints. And then that wow. turned into me pitching to them to just have a chapter here in Tulsa. Um, and so, yeah, it's literally, you know, an astronomical observatory on wheels that. I want to be featured in all the neighborhoods of Tulsa, and I eventually wanted to, to expand regionally. Um, and I plan to do tons of public programming out of it and have different programs geared toward different initiatives. And I also just want to use it for my personal benefit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Like, like in your own backyard, Thanksgiving yeah. dinner, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, yeah, come outside. <laughs> so so you, pitched, you pitched it to them. Did they say yes? And they're now, like, going to help you build it? Yes, yes. For oh sure. my God, so, that's so exciting. They're going to come hopefully in the next, we've been trying to work out, they were supposed to come December uh, 2021, um, a couple months ago to, you know, get phase one construction uh, of the observatory out the way. But, you know, with COVID numbers was rising at that point, And uh, I think it was some weather problems going on but uh it just got postponed uh it's hopefully uh, maybe midsummer we can get you know that construction going on because i finally sourced all the major components of the observatory which is the dome which is 
just came in like a few couple weeks ago. I'm so excited. Oh my god! Saying that I have a dome. I did like an unboxing video. It was poorly documented, but <laughs> is it is it on your Instagram? Uh, not yet. I oh, I, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> I'm gonna post it though. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited. So cool that like I unboxed a dome. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. I would be really excited too. What are the other components of it? Uh, So the telescope. I sourced the telescope. Um, I got the trailer. I bought the trailer about late 2020. Uh, No, early 2021. That was exciting because it was so hard trying to find a trailer during the pandemic. It was like they were selling like hotcakes or something. I don't know. It was weird. Everybody (laughs) needed a trailer. That's (laughs) so weird. (laughs) But... um, yeah, and right now we're working on, I'm working with the science, engineering team at Science Heads on fabricating a pier uh, for the telescope to be mounted on. So that's really the last component to be um, added. And then we can finally like start phase one construction for like a minimum viable product to be, you know, launched. Um, but yeah. That is so, so cool. I, I cannot wait to see it as soon as it's out. I'm going to fly to Oklahoma and I'm going to see this. I, I cannot wait. Um, I know you haven't built it yet, but I'm just wondering. So like thinking about ground-based telescopes, like you have to kind of navigate interference from like various things such as like clouds or such as, um, I don't know, now you have Starlink satellites that are passing by and motion, the motion of Earth, and now you're on wheels on this mobile observatory. So how do you navigate these sort of like, maybe like limit, like, do you have limitations or how do you navigate these obstacles? Yeah, there for sure are going to be limitations, but science, the good, see, this is why I didn't want to reinvent the wheel, you know, and like do something on my own. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I it's the science heads to have it here, like, you know, to, you know, do their version. Well, it's going to be my design. I mean, my design is going to be completely different, but like they already done it. So I can know what they, what worked and what didn't work. But um, I haven't gotten a chance, unfortunately, to experience the mobile observatory in California yet. I was supposed to, but COVID hit um, in 2020. Um, I was supposed to be helping at a STEM fair there. But um, where? Yeah, they're in California. Um, it's Orange County. It's like a Orange County. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's close to Orange County. Um, very close, maybe like a couple hours out. Um, I forget what it's called exactly, but we always just say Orange County. (laughs) So I'm like Orange County, but, um, yeah, there are limitations, but I feel like those, that engineering has been figured out, um, as far as like the dome, you know, being on the expressway or whatever the case may be. Um, they, they, I think they got it down to a, to a T. Uh, and then of course, you know, putting a telescope in a moving van, I mean, in a moving, uh, vehicle can be complicated, but they, they like, we've been figuring out ways to combat that. And so I feel pretty confident in it, but you know, anything can happen. (laughs) So, yeah, um, so far their programming out of their, uh, observatory has been substantial. Like it's been amazing. Uh, I think they get hundreds and hundreds of, uh, visitors just at the mobile observatory when they do public programming. Wow. So yeah, that's impressive. Um, 
and I, of course, I expect those. The, I, I hope to expect those certain turn the same turnout. But you know, when I come and talk to when I talk to uh, people about the project, they're excited to just they're they're like, "Do you have it done yet?" I'm like, "Not yet, but I will." And they're like really excited to come. But yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, I have so many questions about this, and I and I'm also going to be like really really excited to see it. Um, and I'm gonna like I think everyone's gonna put it on blast when they're able to see this in person. Yeah. The one in California, I'm curious about um, if you want us to try and like see it. I'm curious if they would want to come to Yuri's night. Have you heard about Yuri's Night before? I've had, I have. I heard about Yuri's Night. So that's in LA. So it's, you know, it's not like right next to Orange County, but like it's kind of close. And if it's a mobile observatory, if that came to Yuri's Night, that'd be epic. But just to, total side note, one, you should totally go to Yuri's Night. Um, we should meet up there. And Yay! two, we can definitely go see this mobile observatory if we go to Yuri's Night and then go to Orange County afterwards. Yay! <laughs> Um, I'm totally down for that. <laughs> oh, that's going to be so much fun. Um, oh, yeah. I, that's something I need to, I never mentioned. Oh, that's something I can mention to our, in our next board meeting for sure. Oh, that's, a, yeah. That's a great yeah. idea. Like partnering with things like that. That was actually one of the, my upcoming questions is, are you going to partner with like schools or museums or like science fairs, world science festival, stuff like that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I plan, you know, like I mentioned before, like visiting neighborhoods locally, museums, partnering with museums. Already, like, kind of got pre partnerships with museums because they're like, okay, you know, when you got this thing built, like, that's awesome. We for sure, want to, you know, take part and collaborate. And then, of course, I um, want to do like places regionally uh, and share with universities and schools and parks. So, I really want to build those partnerships, especially with universities for like undergrad students or just students in general to like utilize it to, to whatever. And like maybe we go out to a state park and they study something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, the possibilities are pretty endless. Like I have so many different program, like initiative programs, like pro- program initiatives. I want to start with this thing. So I'm so excited. I just, I just need to get it built. I just need to yeah. get it built at this point. Well, but. you have the telescope already. You said, right. Um, so the telescope, I've, I've sourced it, but it's it's at Science Heads right now in California. Um, okay. Yeah. So they're they actually they're actually donating me a telescope. I'm not too sure what kind of telescope. I haven't really asked them for those details yet. I was just like, yes, give me a telescope. <laughs> oh my gosh, because uh, that's uh, uh, yeah, I, I really want to know too. Because I was gonna say like, what will it be able to see? Is it gonna be like? kind of looking at like the you know the moons of jupiter the rings of saturn or is it going to be like hey let's go look at these galaxies like really far away i mean like i'm just so curious of like like what is like yeah i guess the the thinking about griffith observatory like what is like the furthest away object i've seen from a ground-based telescope um and i think it's been like jupiter and saturn um Mm -hmm. but i think i mean imagine how cool that would be for like you know, a five-year-old kid who, like, didn't even realize that, like, you know, like, when I was five, I didn't know that the stars were, like, so far away and that there were, like, you know, other solar systems out there and all that rings of Saturn and just, that's going to mind blow so many, like, mm-hmm. youngsters, you know, like, younger generations. Um, so then maybe something you, since you don't have the telescope yet and you have, like, the blueprint, are you going to design how it looks from the outside? Like, are you going to paint it? Or are you going to get all like 
like fancy and cool because I know you have your inner art in you there your artist and and I know that you're gonna want to probably design and make it look all cool and have like a matching outfit so <laughs> what is that gonna look like yeah so you mean like that you you sorry someone started calling me you said the out the external part of the observatory what is it gonna look like right yeah like are you gonna yeah. paint it or anything like yes. that Yes, of course. Like I, I kind of want to put out an open call for people to like submit ideas for what it could look like. But, uh, well, especially artists. Um, uh, I work with a lot of artists, and so, uh, yeah, I want it to be something really cool. I had a, I had someone send me a picture of a mug that they have. You know, it was one of those mugs that like transition into an image when you pour liquids in it. So oh, this yeah. mug transitioned into like this telescope array and it is gorgeous. It's like on the backdrop of like, the backdrop is like purple in a sunset and you can see the telescopes because I don't want anything that's like too bright that'll diminish like, you know, viewing or like, you know, the dark area we'll be in. But I mean, diminish it. That's another limitation is like light pollution <laughs> in, in, the city, yeah. in the city limits. But um, to combat that, I was going to have monitors inside, um, inside the observatory, cool. so we can do like some simulations inside the observatory when there's like cloudy days or whatever the case may be. But uh, yeah, I plan to have something pretty cool um, designed on the outside. I don't know what yet, and I've been trying to think of a cool name too. But it's been it's it's so many. I don't know which way I want to go. Do I want to go like? traditional like observatory where it's like named after you know so a name or do I want a, a science a sci-fi name or I don't know I'm that's the fun part that I'm trying to hold off on and not yeah until I get it built but yeah I for sure want it to be something nice on the outside I want it to be a, a whole astronomical experience on the outside as much as it, as it will be on the inside I love that. And I think the name is going to just come so naturally to you. Like when you start journaling about it, you know, and like when it's built, it's just, you're going to be like, yep, this is, this is the name. Yeah. Um, I have just like one more thing about the observatory and then we'll jump into, into kind of projected future goals and stuff. Um, I got to see uh, sunspots on the sun once uh, in college. We had uh, an observatory on campus and they used an H-alpha filter on their telescope. And um, you were mentioning having having a board meeting with them in the future. So when that comes, um, if you're able to, like, request, like, daytime, like, obser- observations, that could be super cool. And I, like, would, like, if I could put in some kind of request, I would love that because that would be so cool. I think it's really just adding a filter to the lens, some type of, like, solar filter, Um or like white light filter to the telescope yeah. itself because during the eclipse that would be probably really really cool yeah no that is actually um i meant to say this earlier but yeah when we were talking about how far it will be able to see uh or like what objects we'll be able to see yes uh galaxies um uh of course solar objects i mean not solar objects but uh the sun um yeah um and of course the planets and stuff, but I think the uh, the mobs in California they do have a solar telescope, and I think they use it a lot um, from my from what I can remember. Um, but yeah, that's so cool. I think that's something I'm gonna have to incorporate at in my location as well for sure. 
I mean, it was so cool. I think you'll also just totally geek out when you get to see what the sun looks like, like just with your own eye. I mean, I was like, and like, maybe you'll be like totally trustworthy and be like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can, like, I'll be able to see it. I'll be fine. But I was so skeptical. I was like, I'm going to burn my eyeball. I was like, I don't know. I was like, can I trust you, professor? (laughs) I was so skeptical. Yeah, like that's that's kind of what has deterred me away from like viewing the sun is like I don't want to risk like the thing falling off and the lens falling off. Oh my gosh, imagine. No, that'd be horrible, horrible. They make sure you got got it on, it'll be fine. You got you got, you have a whole team of professionals working with you. You said it was right. science science heads, right? Yeah, science. It was in your bio, yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, so they do, yeah, they do a lot of solar viewing. So I really want to practice that at my location as well. And yeah, I think it would just be a whole nother eye opener into the uh, the stars <laughs> is like looking at one. Yeah, and plus too, like younger kids, like, you know, like families might want to not go out late at night and late at night is when like all the objects yeah. start to rise. And so it's like, I think kind of the tricky thing. I know that's what holds back like some people, especially me, like sometimes I'll be like, ready to go to bed at nine o'clock. And I'm like, oh man, I wanted to do some, you know, astrophotography tonight. I gotta, gotta get up. <laughs> so yeah, it'll happen. Um, but I think daytime, if you have that as an option would be really cool. Yeah, that um, So to kind of jump into the future, other than the mobile observatory, um, what is something you plan to achieve in the next decade? Ooh. Okay. Listen, I'm, I'm going to spend my thirties looking for aliens. <laughs> like the entire decade uh whether that's through like school or an internship or work or whatever i really want to be part of those teams doing that sort of work um but also would really like to figure out how to continue doing the work i'm doing here in tulsa um i also want to spend like my 30s preparing for like a long-term mission to space like you know, I know me and you really want to be astronauts. Yeah. <laughs> so, like getting healthier and stronger mentally and physically is like a goal to um, to continue, of course, so I can prepare myself for that. And yeah, I don't know, just be happy. <laughs> I I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, you know, it's so funny when you said like spend your thirties looking for aliens. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like me, me and Cheyenne have to start like our own foundation or something like our own research project. Because like, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who probably have similar goals, but like I am like, this is why I'm going back to school. Like I want to find alien life. Like I want to search for it. I want to find, make like one of the first contact. And also about going to space, like we should start doing, because I've made a whole fitness regimen of like what my body needs in order to like, you know, sustain living in space for a certain amount of time. Um, And I've just been going so hardcore, like at the gym and like class, we should do like Instagram lives together, sort of saying this is okay, like Mondays are our, you know, astronaut preparation workout, and we're going to do this for 40 minutes. Let's like, let's do it. And then like, Tuesdays is like, this is how we're planning to like, look for alien life. Like, I don't know how that's going to be because like that probably requires like definitely like a grant and like a telescope and an institution, but like we'll find a way Um, or we can just go at like, yeah, we can just go at like total independent scientists. We could do that too if we want, you know, we could could try it. Just need the resources is the main thing. Um, So what would be some advice you would give to someone who 
maybe had like a similar like path as you like so kind of you know growing up receiving this like really awesome wisdom from your dad but then receiving kind of this like you know sort of um like what your the counselor was saying like it wasn't as encouraging for you to go down the, the field of stem mm-hmm. um and then you ended up going down a different path what would you say to someone who maybe it's like in those exact shoes right now as a teenager or maybe like a young like preteen yeah, I would listen. I would say just like do like do follow your own path. Do what you want to do. Um, Cause I had so many people in my ear telling me, "Oh, you should do nursing. Go to nursing. You're always going to have a job." Like or politics, because that's all you hear in Oklahoma. It's like politics or oil or <laughs> gas. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I do not want to do those things. I know I don't want to do those things because I know I'll probably be miserable. Um, I've always like followed my own path, even though I did get like deterred a little bit, you know, I still stirred back in that direction, like build your own opportunities if they're not present. Um, and just continue to yeah, look for those, look for those, uh, people who are in the same field as you, I mean, that you're interested in and, uh, do that research and get inspired and, uh, continue to do the work. And also just because, you know, you know, failure is always an option is what I like to say, but giving up isn't. And also just because you, just because you pivot doesn't mean you failed. Continue to, to make those pivots and, you know, evolve on your own path. So that's the, the, the advice I would give someone who is, you know, trying to, who was born like a unconventional path or whatever the case may be. I hate to say unconventional, but you know, we're still working on working on knocking some barriers down in society. Yeah. Um but yeah. Yeah. Uh that was that was so good. And that, that also like just really struck a chord in me too, just because like thinking about like what you said, like failure is always an option, but giving up isn't. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be. And like, that's so, that's so good because like so many times when we fail, we just think I'm not cut out for it. Or mm-hmm. maybe I should just do this. Like I've been told, just do it as a hobby, do astronomy as a hobby and yeah. just, you know, you know, do other things. And, and it's like, okay, like, of course that's, that's an option, but just because I failed, you know, a math test or a whole math class, doesn't necessarily mean that that's, you know, should be the case for me. Like, sure, it's going to take me a lot longer. Sure. I would, you know, I'm not going to be like, you know, the, uh, if, I, if, I, if it was the, the, the 60s, I wouldn't be a computer at NASA because they need someone who's really good at math. <laughs> but like, you know, but it's still, it's, it's so important. And like, you know, people, we still, we still struggle with that, even when we're adults, mm-hmm. um, whether they're, you know, whether we're kids or, or we're adults, it's like, because life is always having these really like, great like changes you know like things are always changing and like and 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 that and we reflect that based on kind of like what we want to do so um right. that, that was so that was so brilliantly said um that was beautiful so Thank you. that was awesome um so before we turn to the audience i just want to do a quick question of like where everyone can find you on your social media or learn more about maybe the mobile observatory um or about maybe like the the solar system NASA ambassador events, unless it's all in the same place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have any questions about anything uh, related to the 
Solstice Ambassador Program, or if you just want to reach out to me and chat, um, you can find me on uh, at Black Space Girl on Instagram and face uh, not Facebook, TikTok, <laughs> but really Instagram. And also you can just email me. I'm putting my email out there. My email is Cheyenne, so C-H-E-Y-E-N-N-E at blackspacegirl.com. So if you have any questions, please reach out to me. I'll be happy to point you in the right direction. If, you know, if we can't find something, I'll, you know, re- uh, put, you a co- put you in contact with someone um, that can possibly help you. So, yeah, just please reach out. I love to chat. Awesome. Sweet. And I will definitely also make note of that and put that in the caption um, so that everyone has that as well. Um, so I just went ahead and opened up this call to anyone who might want to call in and ask a question. So if you guys want to do that, you just tap the call in button below. Um, I'm going to do a quick music break. So if Cheyenne, if you want to go ahead and, and grab a sip of water or anything like that, give everyone maybe about a minute, see if anyone wants to call in and ask a question. Um, and we'll take any cure coming up. Okay, sounds great. Alrighty. So if anyone wants to call in, just go ahead and tap the call in button. Let's hop back in. Um, So once again, if anyone who is listening wants to call in, uh, say hello or ask a question, you can go ahead and tap that call in button now. Um, Otherwise, this has been such an amazing discussion, Cheyenne. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on Space Talk. I I love everything you're doing um, and everything you stand for and everything you're sharing with the world. You are so inspiring. Um, And I, I mean, I just look up to you personally and I can't wait to... I don't know. Maybe maybe actually spend some time together. We can meet up in person at one of these space events. And when the Mobile Observatory is out, we can do that too. Yes, please. Thank you so much, Athena. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I look up to you. Like, I look up to you and, you know, all these women in STEM. Like, y'all are my Beyonce. <laughs> like, I, I love I that. I girl so hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me. And we have to get some activities going together <laughs> or like some type of programming i don't know but yeah for sure so excited. yeah we're, we're definitely oh my gosh we have we have to do that i love that definitely we'll we'll there'll definitely be a lot more um i think that anyone listening right now you're gonna you're gonna hear <laughs> coming out of cheyenne smith she's doing so many incredible things um and then once again you can find her at the black space girl on instagram and um and then, yeah, and your email address, I'll double check that um, with you and put that in the caption. So if anyone wants to reach out to you when that mobile observatory is ready or just to <laughs> say hi, um, you guys can do that as well. Um, but Cheyenne, thank you so much again. Uh, doesn't look like we've got any um, callers coming in just yet with questions, which is perfectly fine. Um, 
so yeah, just want to thank you again for coming um, on. You've been so incredible. Um, and I can't wait to learn more about what you're doing. Thank you so much, Athena. Shout All right. <laughs> thank you. You too. All right. Bye, bye everybody.